This is ASI Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. Episode 88. This is a three minute bumper. Listen up. Listen to the lyrics of this song. I love this song. The song's like seven some odd minutes long, so I thought a three minute bumper would be appropriate here. Great tune, though. Check it out. And listen, if you want to download any of the music that's on the show, you can go to iTunes. Actually, go to the website, asi247.org, and there is links to uh, iTunes where you can get the tunes right off the website. whatever it may be. And uh, the old Joe Walsh there from the 80s. Joe Walsh, a uh, guitar artist, right, for the uh, for the Eagles, did some solo stuff back in the day. It's actually from a cassette tape. That tune, I, I encoded that from a uh, cassette tape. Yes, I, I have the license for that. It's a cassette tape. <laughs> And, yeah, that's why the audio isn't so hot on that one. But, uh, anyways, love that tune. Kind of exposes the three layers of identity there, doesn't it? The bottom has a rocky reputation. Indeed. Indeed, my friend. So, it's another rainy day here in Seattle. I think it's been raining since last time you've heard my voice. No, the sun came out for a few hours here and there, once or twice. November, it's November, it's fall in the Pacific Northwest of the United States of America. And that's just the way it is here with the weather, man. It's just kind of like that sometimes. Got to bear through it. I heard the UK is kind of like this with the weather. Australia, 
I don't know. Australia is kind of tropical, isn't it? I don't know. You guys in Australia can let me know on that. I got listeners all over the English-speaking world, so I'm trying to be, uh, yes, trying to give a shout out to the uh, all the English speakers out there. Anyhow, this is episode 88 and uh, strategy for the sex addict. Uh, the first show. Uh, well, the first show in 2009 was episode 87, and I wanted to uh, kind of tell you about me and my junk a little bit, and where I'm at, and who I am, and what I still struggle with a little bit, and what I've been struggling through, and uh, also to, you know, let everybody know that I'm not the hero, and I'm not, you know, your counselor, or, you know, I'm not uh, Rocky Balboa, or, you know, I'm not that I'm not that guy. But I did want to um, build a healthy relationship with you, the listener, and let you know what I do see myself as in relationship with you as a guy who's been delivered from sexual addiction. And I owe all that to Jesus Christ and my faith and, and understanding what the gospel is and not religion. Um, I do spend a lot of time doing that. If you're if you're uh, listening to my voice and you're, oh, crap, is another Christian thing. Listen, I, I get that, okay? I can't stand religion. And I spend a lot of time in the show uh, pointing out that this over here is religion. This over here is the gospel. What I believe is, is the gospel. It's, it's news. It's, it's, it's not religion, okay? True gospel-centered Christianity is not religion. All right, and, and I know that sounds weird in the context of today because we're so taught, you know, world religion in college or whatever you might have taken and whatever you understand about it. Um, if you go back to the first century, the Romans said that Christianity was like an anti-religion. <laughs> they just didn't. They're like, these guys don't get gods and goddesses. They're anti-religion. So... I try and focus on what the gospel is and what all that means and uh, theology as being the science of God is what uh, C.S. Lewis said. And, and, and uh, you know, one of the things, he wrote a book called Mere Christianity and in that book he started, it's actually three books in one book and in the beginning book uh, was called Right and Wrong as a Key to the Hidden Meaning of the Universe. And I thought that was brilliant. Um, ethics and uh, sexual integrity and what all that means is what I talk about on this show. Um, I've always saw myself as more of a coach. And that's the, the relationship I would like to have with you. Actually, it's, it's something I've been studying as a career path um, is to go into coaching uh, men out of sexual addiction. Uh, that's my future. That's my what I would like to do in the future. That's my plan. Really, gospel-centered, Christ-clarifying, Jesus at the foundation coaching is what I'm, I'm aiming for, is what I want to do. I want to coach Edward the Vampire, right? I love the Twilight books. The whole country right now has gone Twilight crazy. Tonight's the opening night of the, the film New Moon, the second movie. My wife, uh, my beautiful wife, loved the books. We, she would read them at night. And she'd tell me about it. We would talk about the, the characters and the story. And she told me all about every every book. And I love this. It's just this passionate, beautiful love story by this guy who's this blood-sucking vampire, right? And he's got this massive amount of lust. And he pushes that back because of his love. Because of his love for this woman, this love of his life, you know, and I don't want to use too much of this metaphor because I want to use it in a later show, but, uh, you know, I want to coach guys like Edward. I'd tell him to, you know, he doesn't have to run off and leave his beautiful love of his life in the hands of, you know, dog boy. Anyways, I don't want to give too much of it away for you, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're about 100 miles away from Forks, Washington. I guess it's like the darkest place on the planet. It rains all the time. But, uh, you know, we, we, my daughter works at a vet clinic. We got a dog named it Bella. 
okay? But I, I don't, anyway, I don't want to use too much of the analogy up. I just want to use it for a later show. But as coach, you know, I want to coach vampires, all right? The vampire myth, okay? Listen, for you religious types out there that, listen, it's an it's a analogy, okay? As Jesus would call it, a parable. We all have this affliction, this sin nature. Vampire myth is a beautiful example of that, right? Like to lurk in the dark, afraid of the cross, suck the lifeblood out of people, you know? That's why Edward runs away in the beginning of New Moon, right? Because, you know, his family wants to suck the lifeblood out of the love of his life. I think we can all relate, you know? I never knew, I never knew that everything was falling through That everyone I knew was waiting on a cue To turn and run when all I needed was the truth But that's how it's gotta be It's coming down to nothing more than apathy I'd rather run the other way than stay and That was a bumper bump, yeah phrase, the phrase actually of group of uh, Christian band members, right? They actually sell the fray at the Christian bookstore. Bet you didn't know that. Um, the Flaming Lips. Here's another one from the uh, the New Moon soundtrack. Another bumper here. Check this out. You know, someday we'll die And instead of saying to instruct and just like with a team um, you know there's the team they're speaking to the team and then they're speaking to individual players and that's uh, kind of the component uh, that I would like to add as throwing my hat in the ring towards sexual integrity and, and helping men who are where I was uh, break free of this thing um, ladies I know there's a lot of you out there um, I can't coach you I'm not. I'm not a female. Um, I can't. There's, there's things that you experience and go through that I just am not able to relate to, being the male of the gender. And I would pray that you would seek out help, and seek out a a woman, a, hopefully a, a older godly woman to speak into your life. When I say godly woman, I don't mean an older religious woman, um, to spread rumors and gossip about you. Uh, or as someone who's unsafe like that, I'm, I'm talking about someone who, who can genuinely help you, who you can trust. And building relationships and trying to find someone to trust is going to be a, uh, it's going to be tough, but it is doable and it is uh, essential. And that's what I really wanted to, to talk about and to emphasize in the show today was uh, some of my life experience. I, I grew up. Um, going to counselors and, and therapists and stuff like that as a kid. I was a jacked up kid, you know. I went to uh, school, you know, I was just I was just a strange kid, right? Went to school and, you know, I walk home. I wait half the day, I don't like this, I'm, I just leave, like walk out of the classroom, go home, stuff like that. My mom would get calls and my mom had troubles with me even going to school, you know. And, you know, not just that, but there's all sorts of stuff. Like, I one day I lit a puppy on fire. Um, no, I didn't light a puppy on fire. I'm kidding. That's a joke. I heard all of you just gasp right there. I said, what? No, I never lit I never lit a puppy on fire. That's not true. I'm messing with you. I'm kidding. i got to wake you up every so often, see if you're still listening. Uh, but, you know, I... Just I was jacked up, right? I was not the normal kid. I was not even anywhere close to normal. Um, and what I got a lot of times, I mean, even as a teen, I went into my teen years, and I was, you know, I was the party guy. I was the drug addict. I was the alcoholic. I had an alcohol overdose when I was 16 years old. I actually died for two minutes. And uh, no, I don't remember my near-death experience if I had one, you know. 
I always felt like something weird had happened, like some weird spiritual maybe happened, but I don't remember it. I don't remember the whole freaking day, actually. I was unconscious. I was had a blackout moment. You know, you drink so much, you don't remember stuff. I didn't remember, like, I don't know, probably 15, 16 hours of the day was just gone. So... Anyhow, I, I went through a lot of uh, went through recovery, alcohol, and drugs. I was forced into recovery by the state when I was uh, seventeen. So, I, I I was introduced to a lot of behavior modification. Right, a lot of here, do this, try and behave this way, and then you won't, you know, wreck your life. Right? So, I mean, stop doing these things over here and start doing these things and and some of that's good and there's some really good plans i think you, if you're going to start a plan you need some behavior modification to, as a plan but really what's under that is the why why would you want to like struggling with pornography for example i, I tried to quit um literally probably thousands of times but i mean hundreds of times having a new plan uh, over and over again and then reverting back to the behavior eventually was where I went. Um, and what I really learned is that behavior modification really, on a heart level, doesn't work, right? Desires have to change. I mean, if you still desire something and you just stop doing it, well, yeah, I really like doing that, but I'm going to stop doing it. Now, I really want to, but... I'm not going to because it's not good for me and then my wife doesn't like it or what, my husband, whatever. Um, you know, it, why do you, what I want to focus on and what I keep going back to in this show is why do you want to? It, it's dealing with the want to's. Um, when I had, uh, I had problems with odorous house ants in my house and as an analogy I used on the show, um, Basically, I had these little black ants, and they would just, I mean, you'd kill them, and they'd come back, and they were just relentless, these little black freaking ants. I was like, well, like go away, please. You know, God, make the freaking ants go away. And you'd kill a few, and they'd be gone for a while, and then, you know, they'd come back in the bathroom, and they'd come back in the bedroom. And I talked to an exterminator, and he said the problem with these little ants, Russ, is multiple queens. There's multiple queen ants under your floorboards that you can't see that are giving birth to all these little ants that you're going to see on, on the surface. And you can buy traps and you can squish them and you can spend money doing that. But until you kill the queens, you're just going to be dealing with the ants on the surface forever, right? you deal with this thing for years if you don't kill the queen ants. And that's one of the big things, the big ideas uh, of the show, one of the things I wanted you to understand. Um, early in the show, I really didn't talk about uh, my faith as much, about the Holy Spirit, about changing desire, about praying stuff like that out in the beginning. But all the strategies I used are right out of the Bible, right? Like, I don't believe in this secular divide between this is secular and this is church stuff over here. Um, I talked a lot about that, like truth is just truth. Okay, there's a thing that uh, social scientists call like ultimate norms, right? There, you, If you walk off a, a building, you're going to hit the ground, right? You're going to hit flat. There's a thing called gravity. It doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter what country you're in. doesn't matter your social status. You know, it's just the same. It's just a law. It's just the way things are, right? Now... Having said that, going back to faith, I talked about how I listened to this uh, series of lectures on C.S. Lewis. I've always loved C.S. Lewis. I've read his books. I love, I love the guy's theology. I love the way his brain works. I love that he was called the, uh, the apostle to the skeptics, which I, I was, slash am, skeptic, right? And I, I just, I love the guy. I, love, I like the way he thinks. Um, one of the things that really I got out of that class, and it's free, too. You can go to rts.edu, uh, go to iTunes, search for uh, C.S. Lewis, and you, you can download the whole lecture series for free, by the way. Anyway, so there's a, a free plug for RTS. Um, anyway, one of the greatest, greatest things I got out of that class is he talks a lot about um, putting what it means to put second things first, right? Like, desire isn't the problem. 
problem is putting second things first. We put second things first. Um, the book of Proverbs, uh, King Solomon asks God, you know, God says, all right, you know, you're awesome, dude. I love you. Uh, we have this relationship. I'll, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? Anything. Under the sun. And uh, King Solomon says, I, I want wisdom. Give me wisdom. And one of the things King Solomon says in the Proverbs is, don't be foolish. Stop planning evil, right? There's all sorts of these different Proverbs on what fools do. And I think a lot of us read those Proverbs. A lot of Christians sit down, they'll read the Proverbs and say, oh yeah, that's what a fool does over there. Not me, I'm not a fool. But the fools do this thing over here. Um, one of the things he talks about a lot is planning evil. Don't plan to do evil things. Uh, there's just a lot of Proverbs on what happens when we plan evil, when we have evil planned out. And what I want to say to you right now is if you have porn on your computer that you're planning to view later, erase it. All right? Put, push pause on this podcast. Go do it now. Erase your porn. If you have DVDs or VCR tapes or whatever that you've hidden, you know, magazines, uh, stuff that's, you know, hard copy, you know, that's not in your computer, get rid of it. Throw it out. If you have a trash bin, go throw it out. If you have, you know, whatever. If you have a friend that you trust, take your porn and give it to your friend. Stop planning evil. If you own that stuff, you're planning to view it later. If you're listening to a show on sexual integrity and, and sexual addiction recovery, um, don't put second things first. Put first things first. And go get rid of your freaking porn. Do it now, okay? Pause the show. Do it now. I'll do it when I'm done listening to the show, Russ. No, do it now, okay? Maybe you can't do it now. I don't know. Maybe you're on the bus. You're listening to me at work. Whatever. When you get home, delete your porn. Delete it. All right? If you have a wood chipper and you have videotapes and DVDs... Alright, throw that stuff in the wood chipper. Get rid of it. Destroy it. Burn it. Whatever. Stop planning evil. If you're keeping a hold of it, don't deceive yourself. You're planning to look at it again. Okay? So that's the first little strategy I want to remind you of here in the show. I've said that a lot, but you need to be reminded. Alright? I needed to be reminded over and over and over again. Peter says that in, in the book of Peter. I remember First Peter, end of First Peter, Second Peter. Anyway, he says that he's like, I'm here to remind you, and to remind you over and over again of heart stuff, of putting second things first. Stop putting second things first. The second strategy I, I've talked a lot about was uh, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote the book of Ephesians. He writes this letter to this church in the city of Ephesus. It's a port city, very popular city, um, very big on culture, right? They have auditoriums and entertainment, um, very artsy kind of success-driven kind of city. And he writes this letter to, to the Ephesians who are being tempted, right? Temptations are going to come. When the day of evil comes, it's not like it's it's not like, oh, maybe it might come. Uh, buy this insurance policy. No, this is it's what's going to come. And temptation is coming for you. And, and thoughts are going to be fired into your mind. It's another thing about first things first. is understanding that there is a God and that Satan and demons are real. Okay? And that you are going to be tempted. And thoughts are going to be fired into your mind that don't necessarily come from you. All right, behavioral scientists, uh, neurologists, doctors, they can put your brain, they, they can tell you what your brain is made out of, they can map out your neurosystem, but when they hook you up to a machine, they can't even tell if you're awake or not, all right? They don't know what you're thinking. They can't tell those things today with modern science in 2009. But the facts are there is stuff that's fired into your mind that don't come from you. And you got to get good at kicking that stuff out. Okay? 
I mean, one of the things you can do is remove your computer from you for a while, right? I mean, we're a very device-driven culture today, especially in the United States. A lot of you have an iPhone, you know. Burn your iPhone. That's not what I'm saying. The iPhone isn't evil, okay? You're looking at porn on your iPhone. That's evil. How do you keep yourself from looking at porn on your iPhone? First of all, if you have porn on your iPhone, if you've downloaded some kind of X-rated app, okay, get rid of it. That's another thing. Delete your freaking nasty apps. You're listening to a show on sexual addiction recovery. You should not have apps from Hustler.com on your iPhone. Get rid of it. What causes you to want to download porn? What causes you to want to... You have to eliminate the thoughts as they're fired into your brain. Right? You know the thoughts. And the, and the truth is, you have a choice to entertain those thoughts or not. I have a soldier who listens to the show. He had this great analogy of in battle how the enemy will come in and they'll taunt soldiers and they'll try and get them to chase, to give chase, right? These guys will have a little truck or something and they'll taunt the soldiers to run after them in their Humvees and then they'll set off a roadside bomb and, and kill the whole, the whole freaking platoon. Don't give chase in your mind to thoughts that you know are going to go bad. There's a certain string of thoughts that pretty soon it's just too late. And you're going to give in. But you have to get good at, at, at snuffing those thoughts, right? When that Jeep appears at the gate, you, man, I'm not chasing that Jeep. He can sit there all day, right? I'll fire off a round at him, but I'm not chasing that guy. Get rid of that guy. Get rid of that thought. It's like a snowball rolling down a hill. It's sitting at the top of the hill. As it rolls down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon, you are not going to be able to get to to say no. You got to get good at snuffing out those thoughts when they're little snowballs, right? When it's just one little guy with a with a bonehead rifle. Okay, when he, the guy with a rock in his hand, it's driving a little jeep. Okay, you got to get good at getting rid of that guy before he's a, you know, freaking plastic explosive by the side of the road or some monstrosity that they build out of fertilizer. <laughs> I don't know. Well, my point is to get rid of the twenty-two before it's a huge bomb in your mind. The third strategy I talk about a lot is uh, the Red Lizard. Okay, the book. There's a book by C.S. Lewis called The Great Divorce, I, I, which I always thought would be a great Tim Burton movie. It's just weird like that. It's just bizarre. Tim Burton's coming out with a Alice in Wonderland, which is uh, another great book. That he's going to make into a movie. I don't know how the Tim Burton version is going to go, but I, I've got my uh, I got my hopes up. Anyways. Uh, the Great Divorce is this um, this book by C.S. Lewis where this this guy he's on a bus and he's dead right he's on a bus and he's in hell and he rides through hell to this this kind of place in between heaven and hell it's kind of cool because hell isn't this place of fire and brimstone in C.S. Lewis's book it's just this kind of dingy dreary gray um, English town boring right every block has one person living in it. You know, it's isolated, boring. And anyways, they go to this place in between heaven and hell where they're met by uh, angels, right? Or other loved ones who have passed on and are there to try and bring them to heaven. Okay? God doesn't throw evil, jacked-up sinners into this pit, right? That's a myth. God doesn't throw people into hell. We, we go there willingly, Anyways, he's uh, this this phantom, this spirit, right? He he sees he's viewing all these other people and and their their different stories. And one of the guys that he sees is this guy who uh, he's got this he's this kind of spirit, this kind of phantom guy, 
and he's got this red lizard like perched on his shoulder and the thing is just you know it's talking to him it's taunting him it's telling him all sorts of horrible things and this guy is just constantly burdened by this red lizard right and he meets this angel and he walks across up to this path and this angel standing there and he's like hey I can get rid of that for you and the guy's like really that'd be awesome because this thing's been bugging me and taunting me and you know, treating me like crap for years, and I, I'd love it if you could just get rid of this thing. So the angel goes, all right, you know, I'll do it. I'll get rid of it. So he turns into this big glowing ball of fire, and he reaches out to grab the red lizard, and the red lizard starts to plead for its life, right? It's like, whoa, okay, hold on, wait a minute. And the, and the red lizard starts to speak to the guy, starts to have words with the guy, and it says, um, he can do it. All right, he will get rid of me. But listen, then what are you going to do? What are you going to do without me around? What are you going to do without me around to talk to, to whisper things in your ear? He's like, and then he starts to, and then he starts to, you know, to bargain with him. He starts to go, Red Lizard starts saying, listen, I can be better. All right, I'll be better. You know, I'll give you dreams that are almost innocent, you know? That's the thing about sin, right? Like we keep a hold of it and we think that we can manage it. It's going to be okay. No. It's going to drag you right back. Right back to the roadside bomb. So the guy, you know, finally after a while, he says, Okay, go ahead. Take the red lizard. And the angel does it, grabs it rips it off the guy, right? Its claws are like embedded in the guy. It's almost a part of him. He rips the thing out, throws it on the ground. A red lizard turns into this beautiful white stallion and the the guy, spirit guy, more solid now, not so see-through. He jumps on this white horse and he rides it into, into heaven. And I tell you that story because... In the book, The Great Divorce, um, it's kind of like putting second things first, right? Like, in the book, all of these different spirits, all these different people who are in hell, they think they're pretty good, right? They think they got a pretty good beat on things. They think that they're doing okay for for where they're at, right? And the thing is that I heard this quote by this old priest in New York City, and he said that... um, Saints don't see themselves as sinners. But real saints know that they are sinners. On a heart level. Okay? They know that they're sinners. And what does that mean for for life change, right? I think that when we think we're doing pretty well, we just kind of look for, I just need to clear up these dirty things on the surface. And then I'll be fine. When your problem is way deeper than that, it has to do with how you love, how you choose to love, how you demonstrate love. And here's the deal. Love accomplishes things, okay? And God's love, more than ours, accomplishes things. And a lot of you still don't get that. A lot of you are still very stuck. And I want to do a progressive kind of show here, right? I want to do, I want to be able to show you, to expose to you, to make things known to you, um, what I've learned. And I think a lot of you wouldn't be stuck if you knew what I know. And that's what I mean by, by doing a progressive show. Um, it's, it's going really from behavior modification to the heart, you know, and when it comes to relationship and having a healthy relationship with you, first of all, not soaking into the show and ignoring my family, is, is understanding that you and I have this dialogue as the listeners to the show and keeping up with the email. Listen, I know it's hard and I'm not going to be able to respond to all of you. You're not all going to hear um, all of your emails on the show. But at the same time, I want to pick out the ones that are, are crossing that divide 
from behavior modification to heart level want to change, right? From here, do this to why the heck should I? You know, from here's a great plan to why should I do the plan kind of stuff. Like, you know, someone will say something, like the soldier in Iraq, right? I just got an email from him. He just got back from Afghanistan, right? Pray for him. Pray for the guy's safety. Pray for his recovery. But using him as an example, um, you know, I'll throw out a thought, and he responds to that thought, and we have this dialogue. And I say something about, you know, this analogy that I just said, and it triggers something from somebody else out there. Not another analogy, but how that hits you, and what, what that said to your heart. And then you respond, and then I can use that to drill a little deeper into what is really authoritative in your life, right? What you choose to put your authority under is what you do on a day-by-day decision-making process. And it all has to do with your heart, right? Your heart is your steering wheel for your life. It's your gas pedal. It's your brake. It's your windshield. Having it clear. You know, understanding grace. And I get that, man. Some of you guys just don't want to move. Your, Your motivation to move is just toast your will to get up has gone and left I've been there and listen that's a great place to start okay when when all your white knuckling has failed you pressed through and white knuckled it for another week and then you you fell and bombed out and I've been there I know what that feels like and listen Martin Luther, 500 years ago, wrote a great book on recovery called The Bondage of the Will. Sometimes that white-knuckling willpower is just another form of slavery. Just bondage. One of the... I heard that Oxford Dictionary every year chooses a new word, right, that they're going to bring to the dictionary. A word of the year, they call it. And the word of the year this year is kind of a negative word. It's called to unfriend which comes from social networking websites like Facebook and MySpace. You can click on a button to unfriend someone, right? I don't want this to be a place where you end up unfriending me because I say something you disagree with. Let's engage in order to drill deeper and maybe I can expose to you your own heart and what is authoritative because what you choose as your authority above you in your life will determine your future. It determines your today and it will determine your tomorrow. Having said that, here's another bumper by 6 a.m. Where you gonna be tomorrow? How you gonna face the sorrow? Where you gonna be when you die? Cause nothing's gonna last forever. The things that change like the weather They're gone in the blink of an eye Well just look at yourself Can you see where you are? Look at yourself Now you can't hide the scars Just look at yourself Listen, it's going to be painful, okay? The the angel says to the guy with the red lizard, right? I'm going to rip this off your shoulder and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. You're going to be in a season of hurt and pain. And listen, a few years ago there was these pictures, right? Um, 
you would go to like the mall and they were really popular for a while. You still see them every so often, but it looks kind of like a mosaic, right, on the surface. But you have to look through it and then you see the actual image. It's like, you know, three dimensional and kind of looking through this surface jumble of muck and mesh and digitalized, you know, image. And you look through it and then you see the actual image. Stare at it for a while. This is going to be like that. A lot of you of faith have prayed for years, God, please take this from me. You've got mad at God because he's not taking this from you. That was me. I get you know, mad and angry at God. He's not taking this from me. Listen, God didn't give it to you. And this has this goes down to worship, all right? This goes down to what you've chosen to put as an authority in your life. You worship this thing. It has it has it holds power. It is at a point high and exalted in authority over you. It has become an authority to you. Okay, you're going to have to look through, like Dan Hazen said, it's changing the oil while you're driving the car, right? I mean, that's the pain of dealing with healing from this addiction while you're doing your everyday life, going to work, getting up, the kids. I mean, there's going to be pain involved. And Jesus is real, okay? God loves you. God, through his strength, died on the cross for you. And it's looking through all of that image to the cross and to what God has done and how he loved us. And Christ is an example. Christ crucified suffering on the cross as our example. Part of being a Christian is going to be this suffering in your life for your story if you're like me it's what it's going to be like for a while but listen the pain of suffering through that is nothing compared to the pain of of your life if you don't i'd rather have the band-aid ripped off fast than go through another 50 60 years right and ultimately you're some old dude sitting in a casino on freaking christmas or thanksgiving all alone die of a heart attack. I don't know. There's pain both ways. And Jesus will get you through it, through his example. He'll get you through it, looking through that image to the cross. And some of you, when it comes to grace, you're going to have to suffer for your spouse. It's being like Jesus. Let me promise you something. You confess this, and your spouse is going to sin against you. They're not going to just forgive you perfectly. They're not going to just give you grace perfectly. You don't get to stand. They're going to be angry, all right? They get to be angry. You don't get to stand in judgment of them. You're going to have to suffer for your spouse. You're going to have to suffer for your kids if they find out. You're going to have to suffer for some of your friends when they learn what you've done. And listen, you single folks especially, especially you single folks, before you get married, you deal with this. You're going to suffer for your spouse before you even meet them, right? I go to Mars Hill Church in Seattle. There's guys at Mars Hill who have like college funds for their kids and they haven't even met, the, they don't even have a girlfriend, you know? They have funds for their, their wedding ring, for their, you know, they, they pray for their kids that, that aren't even born yet. They pray for their spouse they haven't even met yet. You're going to suffer for your spouse that you have not even met yet, your husband, your wife that doesn't exist in your life yet, you get to suffer for them right now before it's too late. If you really love them, if you really want love in your life, real, I get you, you get me love. You're going to suffer now. You're going to suffer now. Some of you carry around junk from years ago, like old relationships and stuff like that. And, you know, I almost envy some of you single folks. You get to heal from this and get to heal from those hurts and wounds of past relationships and that stuff that you carry around. You get to heal from that now before you meet the love of your life. But I want to close the show on this. This is going to, like I said, it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. 
But Jesus will get you through that. If you settle your spirit in those times where it's going to hurt so bad that you don't think you could take another day, where you don't think you could take another moment, you settle your spirit in that moment and you ask him to help you carry it, to get you through. God is good. He loves you. He's on your side. He will never leave you or forsake you. All this you get what you deserve crap is just graceless religion. You get grace from God because he's strong. Because Jesus loves you. And that's the truth. So, again, uh, the website is asi247.org. My email address is russ at asi247.org. Um, next time you hear my voice will be 2010. I'm not going to do another show till the new year. I'm getting some of my ducks in a row and things in order. Um, donations, man, the, the ministry here is broke, all right? So... If you could, there will be a P.O. box on the website soon. Um, I'm having uh, donations coming in from some folks, and I'm going to get a P.O. box. And you can, uh, like, if you if you go in your house and you look in your car, your uh, you know your seat cushions and stuff, you you just clean out the change from there. You know, get a little box, put it on there, send it to the ASI show. Okay, keep this thing alive for another month. All right. And listen, the American dollar has been just hammered. So. You guys in the UK, in Ireland, in Scotland, I want to give a shout out to Ireland and Scotland too. I didn't do that at the beginning of the show. I got got a donor from Ireland who is I'll leave you out. But anyways, in Europe, you know, you give like four euros and that's like four thousand dollars in American money right now. I mean, it's just been hammered. Give like three pounds, you know, and that's like it's like a million bucks. Something like that. And you pay for you know, pay for the show for a year. Uh, I'm kidding. It's not. I'm exaggerating there a little bit, but you get what I'm talking about. Where, you know, the American dollar is uh, exchange rate for you folks. You know, in even Australia, you guys are kicking our butts with the with the pound, or the mark, or I don't know what you call it over there. But American money's like uh, I don't know. It's it's Federal Reserve notes, and basically that's tied up in banks and. Yeah, you know how the banks are doing over here. Anyway, um, there's like you go and donate plasma, um, save your aluminum cans. All right, you beer drinkers out there. All right, I got emails from you. You get them aluminum cans. You save them. You take them to the recycling place. You get a handful of quarters. You stick them in a box and send them to the ASI show. All right. Anyway, uh, thanks again for listening. I love each and every one of you pray for you. Please pray for me, my family. Until you hear my voice again. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is Air 5. I want to go. Bye. Tears, her palms are sweaty, proving all my fears. And I'm not ready, had that dream again. Here's where we break up, pinching through my skin. Hoping I'll wake up one more chance. Swear that's all I need, I'll leave and learn to dance for you.
life is 20% the things that happen to you and 100% about the worship of Jesus as the Creator God. <laughs> Had you go in there a minute, didn't I? Anyway, bye.